You are the foundation of your family. You are the firm footing they build their lives on. You carry a glorious burden and you never dream of laying it down. You carry it with joy and gratitude. You show up even when you don't feel like it. You lead, serve, love, and protect. You are a father. This is the Dad Work Podcast, where men are forged into elite husbands and fathers by learning what it takes to become harder to kill, easier to love, and equipped to lead. Get ready to start building the only legacy that truly matters, your family. Welcome back, gentlemen. This is Kurt Storing, your host and the founder of Dad Work, and I am excited for this episode because I have Kevin Torres on the podcast. I was recently on his podcast. You might have heard me there, the Dad Bod Wad podcast, and uh, I just realized that Kevin and I have so much uh, in common in terms of the way we think, the way we're trying to help dads live the best possible life for themselves, but also for their families and for their legacies that I had to have him on, and I'm glad I did because, man, we are going to be destroying the dad bod today. This is going to be a super actionable episode. It's going to be going deep into all the things you need to actually take action today if you are a busy dad and you need to get your fitness sorted because guys, nobody likes a dad bod. It's not actually cool. And man, I'm going to get canceled for saying that. It's not shamey. I'm not condemning you. No big deal. You can do what you want. But I have found from my personal experience that getting ripped, getting lean, staying fit and healthy drastically improves the man, husband, and father I can be. So we're going to help you out today if this is on your radar. And uh, guys, you should just hang out with Kevin anyway. Uh, it's going to be a great podcast. He has really, really good ideas here in terms of mindset as well. So you're going to get a lot out of this no matter where you are on your journey. Kevin Torres of Dad Bod Wad, and that is W-O-D as in workout of the day, is a father of three little girls and the founder and head coach of the Forging Elite Fathers program. Kevin has made it his mission to help busy dads go from dad bod to fit dad without sacrificing family time while creating a legacy of health and fitness for their families and generations to come. You can find him on Instagram, dadbod underscore wad, or go to forgingelitefathers.com slash diet to watch his free masterclass on how you never need to go on a diet again by using some simple frameworks that he has put together for you. So this is going to be a way that you can stay fit for years to come without all the yo-yo dieting. This episode, we cover, obviously, how to destroy your dad bod for good, why staying fit as a busy dad doesn't require hours of work and sacrificing your family, Kevin's five-step plan to getting fit and leaving a legacy of health and fitness for your kids, the seven habits that will lead to success if you follow them every day, understanding that every fitness program actually works, and the difference between success and failure, the importance of community, accountability, and having a guide, and finally, simple frameworks for getting fit without crazy dieting or falling off the wagon. All right, guys, this is excellent. If you want to learn more about all that stuff I just talked about, go to dad.work slash podcast to find the show notes. You can also download my free Elite Dad Habit Stack at dad.work slash habits. That is all the things I do on a daily and weekly basis found out over many years of trial and error. These are the things that actually work, that don't take a ton of time, that have you showing up elite in your family. You can get those for free at dad.work slash habits. All right, without further ado, welcome Kevin Torres to the Dad Work Podcast. Here we go. All right, dads, here for another episode of the Dad Work Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Kevin Torres. And man, I was just on your podcast, which was amazing. I had a ton of fun. And I was like, you just come on mine because I think that we are really aligned with so much of the stuff that we talk about in our lives. So uh, first of all, welcome. And um, thanks for doing what you do, dude, because dad bods are not cool. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And 
it's I'm, I'm truly honored and yeah dude you i think the episode that we recorded together for the dad bod bod podcast was probably the best episode that i've ever recorded on my podcast and i, I had like over 160 episodes or so Man, and it was like you. the one that i was the most excited about to share with my audience because it's like they needed to hear this message it's something that i kind of like shied away from for a while skirted around it and then i think we just attacked it head on and it felt really good and even that was just scratching the surface so mm. man thank you for saying that so guys check out uh the dad bod wad podcast is that how you is that the name of it yep okay yep. yeah go to apple spotify wherever uh you can listen to my episode and then hopefully just subscribe and listen to all the rest because i think kevin's laying down <laughs> stuff that you guys need to hear uh, i'd love to start with your journey like what is the deal with dad bod wad why did you start this <laughs> presuming you just didn't like you weren't jacked the whole time you weren't like the best dad all the time so do you want to just like give us an overview of where you're coming from and why you decided to start this and sort of what the impact was on your life yeah so i'll the long story is I've never really been in shape, you know, like my entire life through middle school, elementary school, high school, even when I was in the army, I was in the 101st Airborne for four years, two tours in, in, of combat in Iraq as an infantryman. And even then, the one place that I should have been in tip top shape, I wasn't even like the fittest of all the guys, right? So like fitness is always something that I struggled with. Um, when I was in middle school, I was way more into guitar, Nirvana and all that stuff than fitness, right? I wasn't, I wasn't a jock. I wasn't into basketball or football. I was just into the guitar. And um, so anyway, you know, when I separated from the army though, I was still eating and drinking as if I was rucking and running five miles a day. And I quickly gained like around 40, maybe even 50-ish pounds. I'm only 5'8", and I was up to like 236, almost 240, right? So you can imagine on a 5'8 frame what that looks like. And at the time, I was dating my now wife. And so, of course, dining out, doing all that stuff, right? All that stuff just packs on the weight, and I wasn't running or doing anything like that. So I quickly realized like, man, I need to do something. So I, I kept defaulting back to like my old ways of like the army style, like just go run, just go run, just go run. Finally, I realized that wasn't working. I ended up hiring a trainer and then I got into fitness, right? Fast forward a couple of years and then my wife and I get married. We have some kids and at this point, now fitness was already an integral part of my life. I was a middle school history teacher and, and eventually a middle school vice principal, but I was already like, a, I was personal training on the side. I was leading small boot camp classes, um, CrossFit level one, all that stuff. So fitness was like a really important part of my life. And then when we started having kids, I could no longer go to the gym. As you can imagine, no wife on the planet is going to be like, oh yeah, you need to go hang out at the gym for an hour or two and commute 20 minutes both ways. And then when you come home, you're going to want to shower. So it's like a four hour turnaround time. No problem. Just do what you have to do, honey. Like there's no wife on the, on the planet who's like down with that. Right. Um, so I was like going a little stir crazy and I, I figured I have to do something. So every time she would go take the baby to nurse, I would do like push-ups and air squats in the living room just for like 10 minutes. And I was getting enough of like a sweat. It was like scratching that itch enough where I was like, okay, that was good. That was good. And it, it, it helped like ease that. Anyway, by the time we had baby number two is when like the gym was definitely out the window at that point. Um, and so just by chance... Our first daughter, for whatever reason, just would not nap in her crib. She would, she was like a really good sleeper. She just wouldn't nap in her crib. So one of us would have to take her for like these two-hour epic walks in Brooklyn in her stroller, right? Rain, snow, cold, hot, whatever. She was going in that stroller. We were going for like a two-hour walk. And one day I was like super exhausted. And I was like, you know what? Let me just do like 10. She fell asleep. I was like, let me just do like 10 burpees. Just like give myself a little energy. So I did 10 burpees, peeked under the, the canopy, and she was still asleep. I was like, let me do 10 more. 
do 10 more burpees, peek under the canopy, and she's still asleep. I'm like, okay. So finally, I did 100 burpees, and I was drenched in sweat. I was like, that was freaking awesome. And she was still sleeping, and then we continued our walk. And I was like, oh, tomorrow, I'm going to do that again. And then I started doing that every day while we were going on these walks. And then one day, I just started recording these videos because like other dads need to see this. And I started posting those videos on Instagram. And I think maybe even my wife gave me the name Dad Bod Wad. I don't even know how I got the name, how the name came to me. I think she's like, oh, that's funny. You should post Dad Bod Wad. And I was like, wow, that's really clever. Um, but again, with no intentions of anything, just posting it because I knew other guys needed to see that you can get a really great workout in 10 minutes and not have to go to the gym, not have to do all that stuff, and not have to take away time from family. And um, and then from there, yeah, it just kind of took off. And then with the pandemic, especially, it, all that started like escalating. But yeah, that's sort of like how Dad Bod Bod started. Man, that's amazing. And I love that you found the the just the, the simple solution to get moving. Cause that's the thing that you hear all the time, right? Like I personally go to the gym. My kids are nine, seven and two. So, you know, they sleep really well. I go first thing in the morning, like five and it works. Right. But I hear from a lot of guys who are like, well, I've got like a five month old. What you, I can't just leave. And so to give yeah. them something like that to just get moving, it's not an excuse. And that's the thing that I want guys to understand from at least this episode, if not like everything, like there is no excuses. You can do the thing and work around your family. Like they're not a burden, you know, like there is a burden as a father that you carry the weight of your family for sure, but the kids are not supposed to be a burden. You're not supposed to just like check out, right? So is that like the types of guys who come to work with you now, are they super busy and they're just like, man, I can't get to the gym. Like, what do I do? And, and is that sort of why people are now seeing that, you know, dad bod wad as a program, which I see in your shirt, forging elite fathers, <laughs> dude, I love the language. Um, is that mostly who you're working with now? Yeah. So what typically I think in 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 my audience in my community what what we see the most is people are have no idea how to navigate this new chapter in their life right they're they're married they have a couple of kids and they're still relying on the things that worked for them when they were in their 20s right so it's like bodybuilding splits chest and back mondays you know legs tuesdays and again nothing wrong with that i i i love that stuff and Every, every, everything works, right? Every program out there works. Every diet out there works. But these guys are relying on what worked for them in their 20s, but that no longer fits their current lifestyle in their 30s and 40s, right? Because gone are the days where people just have unlimited time to go to and from the gym, spend an hour working out, commuting each way and all that stuff. Especially when like you're in the throes of early fatherhood where you have all those demands pulling for your attention, right? And the things that like you love to do and that you even need to do for yourself like tend to fall by the wayside. And so most of our guys... Um, are trying to like navigate that. And when we tell them like our super simple solutions of like short 15, 20 minute full body workouts, a sensible nutrition protocol where you don't have to cut out carbs. You don't have to cut out all kinds of food groups from your food. All you have to do is like, just be mindful of like what you're eating and track that stuff. And you could actually see, you could work out less and eat more and still get into great shape in your thirties and forties. And I think that's like what people are waking up to. And it's pretty exciting. Man, you said something there, everything works. And I agree wholeheartedly. And yet people jump around all the time. Like, oh, is it keto? Oh, is it CrossFit? Oh, is it this? Oh, is it that? But you're right, man. Like everything works. And I've done a ton of different things myself and it all can work. Why do people keep jumping around then? Is it a commitment issue? Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think it's, it's a little bit of like shiny object syndrome. But I also think the real issue I think is like it's a matter of like finding what works for you in your unique circumstances 
today. And what ends up happening is people end up trying these advanced strategies like intermittent fasting or keto or CrossFit even, right? Um, and and think that the basics aren't going to work for them, right? Of just like, you know, do some push-ups and squats, eat a balance of proteins, fats, and carbs with every single meal, make most of your meals at home. You're going to see amazing results if you just do those things. And then you hear about intermittent fasting and it's like, oh, cool. I'll, I'll just, I won't eat for 16 hours and then I'll eat whatever I want for eight hours. And it's like, okay, well you could do that, but you could also do that and not be in a calorie deficit if you want to lose weight, right? You can starve yourself for 16 hours a day. And then, but what do you eat in those eight hours? McDonald's, Chipotle, Kentucky fried chicken, unlimited amounts of beers. Well, guess what? You're never going to lose weight, right? Um, or keto. It's like, okay, I'm going to do keto now. So I'm going to cut out all breads and rice from my life. I'm never going to eat pizza again. I'm going to have a miserable existence, right? Doing this keto. And then, but like, I'm going to eat like so much more fat than I normally do, or I'm severely under eating because I've just cut out these food groups, but I don't know how to smartly replace the calories with like good proteins and good fats. And so there's nothing wrong with keto. There's nothing wrong with intermittent fasting, but those are advanced strategies that people jump into without having like a really solid foundation. That's like point number one. But the original point that I was making about sort of just like not knowing what works for you in your unique circumstances, like Zumba, for example, you could have an aunt who lost 50 pounds doing Zumba, who absolutely raves about it. She's like, Kurt, you have to do Zumba. You have to do Zumba. It's like, okay. And then you try it. You put it on in your living room. You're dancing in like your leotard. And you're like, this is not going to work for me. Like, I, I tried it twice. It sucks. Zumba, Zumba sucks, right? Or worse, I suck. Like something's wrong with me. Like I can't commit to doing this Zumba DVD every single day. My aunt, who's like 50 and, and like 200 pounds, she's been able to do it. I can't even do it. I must suck. And it's like, no, no, no. You don't suck, dude. Zumba just it works, but it's not going to work for you in your unique circumstances today, right? The music, the leotards, whatever. Dancing in your living room might just not work for you. So like same thing with CrossFit or bodybuilding splits or, or, or whatever. It's like, just find the thing that works for you. And that's going to take some trial and error. That's going to take some like, I'm going to commit to this thing for a month or two months and see, then revisit it versus like, oh, I'm going to do one or two of these workouts. Oh, I don't like it. I'm going to try one of these two keto meals. Oh, I don't like, oh, I tried intermittent fasting for a week. Eh, didn't really like it. And so just like one acronym I heard, which I really appreciate is focus. And it's just follow one course until success, right? So if you can just focus, follow one course until success, right? Then you have some data to analyze and say, this worked or this didn't work. Beautiful. Man, I'm just going to sign up for Zumba because the way you were saying it sounded amazing. It's exactly (laughs) the kind of thing I love. I know. That (laughs) aunt of yours, right? She's, you know... Yeah, I, I got to get into my leotard. But there are testimonials for everything out there. If, exactly. if it didn't work, there wouldn't be those testimonials. I, I, Somebody's I said, getting results. Precisely. I was talking to a buddy about this yesterday uh, over coffee. Just like, oh, which uh, like which platform should I focus on? We got like Instagram. Oh no, but I heard Pinterest. Oh no, but I heard Facebook. Oh no, but I heard YouTube. But it's like, <laughs> pick one of them. Pick one of them that you enjoy and stick with it for an extended period of time, and you will have success because they all work. And uh, yes, one of the dude. things that I think this touches on as well is like to simplify. That's one of the points I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I want to get into like your habits and your, well, your five-step process and your seven core habits you talk to guys about. Um, but yeah. a lot of it is just like the simplicity and especially as busy dads, like if you just have a few non-negotiables and a few like basic rules that you can get things around, you don't have to worry. Like I used to, which is like, oh man, I got to find the perfect workout program. And then I'm like putting it in my phone and it's taking hours and I'm doing it for a while. And it's like, oh, I don't know if I like this. And it's like, go change everything. But if you just know some of the basics and I wonder if there is like 
Is there anything else to add on simplicity? Uh, and then maybe we can get into those, uh, the, the steps and the habits that you were talking about. Yeah. I mean, I, again, like to your point in terms of people do overthink it, right? It's like, um, you know, carb cycling or this, um, you know, should I do hyper, you know, hypertrophy or, or, or isometric movements and plyometric movements? It's like, dude, if you just did push-ups and air squats and you did that for 10 minutes, like a circuit of 10 minutes of 10 push-ups followed by 10 air squats, 10 push-ups followed by 10 air squats, and literally just kept doing that for 10 minutes straight, you would be drenched. You would get a great pump. And if you did that three or four days a week, you would be fitter than most people your age in a year from now. Right. Um, because, you know, push ups is a, f- a great upper body movement. It's working your chest, it's working your triceps, it's working your arms, right? And air squats, working your glutes, your hamstrings, your quads. And, and by doing a full body workout like that, you're stimulating your metabolism to stay in overdrive versus like doing 10 minutes of bicep curls. Yeah, you might get a great pump and you'll have like awesome biceps, but you're not going to get like the metabolic effect that you would if you did like a full body workout of just push-ups and squats. Now, the one caveat that I'll say is like doing push-ups and squats every day for the next year maybe can get boring. And so that's why you want like a little variety, right? So then add some lunges, maybe add some pull-ups or throw some dumbbells into the mix, right? But it doesn't have to be these overcomplicated workouts um, or fancy movements on a bozu ball, balancing like a kettlebell over your head or anything like that, right? Just push-ups and squats, push-ups and squats, some lunges, some back rows or pull-ups if you have a pull-up bar. And then same thing with the nutrition piece, right? Again, like when when you think like download a, a, a diet plan, right? Look up a meal plan and you're going to get stuff in that meal plan that you just don't want to eat, like saffron infused or make even, right? Saffron infused, like salmon over like golden potato. Like who's making this stuff? Like I don't have time to make a saffron or anything, right? Um, but I, I can make a sandwich. I can make some scrambled eggs in the morning. I can make oatmeal, right? And so if you keep it really simple, um, you know, and, and and let go of all the excuses that you might have around meal prepping. Like, oh, but if it wasn't for my kids and their snacks, if it wasn't for my wife and the way she eats, if it wasn't for my family, it's like, wait, let's pause for a second. How many meals do you actually eat with your family, right? Let's like, go through your day. Do you eat breakfast with them? Probably not. You probably are like two ships passing in the night during breakfast time, right? Um, do you eat your lunch? Not if you're working from home or, or at the office, right? You're not around your family then. Do you have your snacks? Probably no, because again, you're still at the office or something. Um, Dinner, yes. You're probably having dinner with your family. So 20% of your daily meals, right? If you're having five meals a day, more or less, 20% of that is with your family. The other 80%, you're by yourself. You're on your own. So stop blaming your kids and their snacks, you know, the, the goldfish in the house, the Ritz crackers, the gummies, the Skittles, all that stuff. It's not your kid's fault. And don't blame your wife and the way she eats and all that stuff. And don't blame your family and their genetics and all that. You might have some bad habits from like your genetics um, and from the way you were brought up, but you know, you stop blaming everybody else and realize that 80% of the meals that you have throughout the day is on you and you control that stuff. And if you can keep it really simple and don't think about, oh, how am I going to cook all these things? Dude, a turkey sandwich with cheese, avocado, and some lettuce on there, that's a perfect sandwich of proteins, fats, and carbs. Oatmeal with some peanut butter and then a side of scrambled eggs, perfect protein, balance, you know, protein fats, and carbs, right? Um, bag of beef jerky and an apple on the side, there you go. Proteins, fats, and carbs, right? Greek yogurt with like a banana, blueberries, and some peanut butter. Oh, dude, yogurt, perfect, so right? good. <laughs> Yeah, and and all that and all that stuff is is so easy to make at home without mm-hmm. meal prepping. Literally, it takes five minutes to put together a meal like that. 
Yeah, man. The the couple of things are um, for me. So I one of the things that we do in our um, family meetings, we have weekly family meetings. And one of those per month, I will go through and I will write out a dinner meal plan for my wife uh, on the calendar because she loves to cook, but she hates thinking about things to cook. So I just go, okay, we're having this, 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 this. If she doesn't want to do that that day, she <laughs> changes it. But that way, right. if she knows what to do, it's easier for her. It serves her. And I know what I'm going to have for dinner that night 90% of the time. And right. I mean, I'm a little bit extra. I'm going really hard right now, uh, as you know, in, on the fitness side of things. Those pictures uh, look amazing, dude. Yeah, thanks, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but what I do is I base the rest of my meals around dinner. So like I'm, exactly. I'm a little bit extra, as, as you know, as I just said. So I'm, I'm, I'm able to put more time into it. But I'm tracking all my food in chronometer. You can use my fitness pal or whatever, but I build my dinner first. I'm going to have 200 grams of pork tenderloin. I'm going to have 200 grams of rice, salad, whatever. Mm -hmm. That gives me this amount for the rest of the day. And I just build my lunch and my breakfast and snacks around the dinner so that, I, like you said, I have no excuses. And I'm not tempted like, oh, well, I just got to get something quick here. I better just go into the fridge. Oh no, it's kid's food. It's like, dude, no, you have to set up yourself for success. And uh, maybe we can talk about that because I'm definitely going to get into the habits. I want to get into the process. I want to get yeah, into like goals and stuff like that. But are there things that you talk to guys about to stop sabotaging themselves? Because that is huge. Guys go into the pantry, right? They're like, oh no, I better eat this. Like, how do you talk the mental game? Because I think that's a huge part of this. Yeah. Well, just to go back to what you were talking about, the way you describe like your meal prep and how you sort of like account for those calories in the day. Again, like tracking calories and tracking macros, like that's like a base. I would say it's the, the macros is like a little bit more of an advanced strategy. Tracking calories is like a good base. And the analogy that I say that it's tantamount to keeping a budget, right? If I told you, hey, Kurt, you have $100 to spend on your meals every single day as your per diem for working for me. Um, I don't care how you spend it. Just have, here's $100 have at it. However, if you're brand new to budgeting, I might say, hey, Kurt, here's $100 and here's how I want you to spend it. I want you to spend $25 for breakfast, $25 on lunch, $25 on dinner, and that leaves you with $12.50 for a morning snack and $12.50 for an afternoon snack. $100, boom, right? And if I give you those parameters and those guidelines, you're like, okay, cool. You could spend $25 on breakfast and lunch and dinner, and then you have some snacks and you know how to spend your money, right? Because you need those you need those like guidelines, those parameters. Now, when you become a little bit more advanced, you might say, okay, I have this $100, but you know what? I don't need to spend $25 on breakfast. I'm just going to grab like a bacon, egg, and cheese bagel. That's like $5. And I'm going out with friends tonight, and that's probably going to be more like $40 or $50. So I want to save some of this money for dinner. And so, okay, so then you take the 40 or $50, put that in your dinner envelope or your dinner wallet, right? Now that's accounted for and you have only $50 to spend throughout the rest of the day, five or six or $10 at most for breakfast and now $40 for lunch and your snacks, right? So if you think about it that way, um, you know, I, that could also be really helpful for some people because I tell people, guys, like you want to have Oreos? You could have, if, if three Oreos is like a part of your life where you absolutely have to have it every single day for your life, and then you're like, oh man, I keep sabotaging my diet at night. I always have snacks. I always have snacks. After I put the kids, I always have snacks. Like, okay, cool. So when you wake up in the morning, put the snacks into your tracker first, and now you just build your day around it. You can still have your Boom. Oreos every single night if you absolutely want. Just that's accounted for already though. You can't spend that money anymore, right? Now you can spend the rest of the calories throughout the day. So that was to your first point. Um, any reflections there before I jump Dude, into that is the mindset perfect. piece? I, I'm just thinking about this whole podcast, this whole episode. And it's like, it's just going to be called destroying the dad bod. Like we got to just go here hardcore. We're going in a little bit of the nitty gritty here. Um, and 
and I'd love to get sort of into parenting and how this affects you as a father too, but let's dive like deeper into this. So please, yeah, that's amazing. I love the analogy and I do that. Um, one thing I will say, dude, I, I get these like sweet cravings once in a while and I never act on them, but I make sure to plan for them when I want them. So for example, the other day I made this uh, PB fit yogurt bark and it's frozen and nice. it's great macros. So I've got that in my fridge when I need a snack. The other thing that I did last night is I made these like protein heavy donuts with this like super low calorie uh, frosting on top, a little bit of like low fat cream cheese. They're like a yeah. hundred calories and like 13, 12 and one for protein, carbs and fat. Dude, I can smash those at the end of the day and feel like I've just had a dessert. And I love that. So to your point, if you want to have Oreos, budget them, but also you can like put a little bit extra work in and you don't even need all those calories that you would have had and you can still get that sweet kick. So that's my contribution. Please continue. <laughs> No, yeah, no, I love that. Um, when I was really tracking my, you know, when I was tracking macros and really getting dialed in, I remember the one of the pitfalls for me was making snacks for my kids, because you know I, I I'm working from home and because um, I run my own business, obviously, and so when my kids were home for summer, I, you know, every time I have to get them the snacks, it's like, I'd act, you know, lick the spoon of peanut butter, right? Lick my, you know, whatever the yogurt. And, you know, whenever they would have like some crackers or something, I'd always sneak in some crackers. And I'm like, Oh dude, then I have to go put it into the tracker. Then one day I was like, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to just account for these first. And I'm going to acknowledge, I'm just going to have 10 crackers. I know it. And so I put aside 10 crackers. So while I'm making their snacks, I can snack too. And then not hate myself why don't I have enough discipline to stop snacking Ooh, while they're, you know, great and point. it just gave me that freedom to just be like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have some snacks while I'm making my kids some snacks. Oh. And that also freed me up to sort of like not hate myself for not having the discipline to withhold licking the spoon of peanut butter when I'm making them a sandwich or something. You know? Dude, that's a huge point on the mindset. Cause that's sort of where I was going with this is like those small things and planning ahead so that you don't crater, because that's a huge thing. If you've been like for 75 hard, for example, I know some guys doing that. I've never done it, but you got to, you got to like start over again if you so-called fail and that can be very right. demoralizing and guys just don't start again. And so if you build in like, I won't say failure, but just like humanness into your plan so that you don't have to judge yourself and then go into that negative shame spiral because a lot of guys get into this, they're like, oh, I'm going to crush it. And then their motivation dies down after day 10 or whatever it is. And then it's like, oh, I'll just quit. So maybe that can be the next part of the conversation is like mental fortitude, uh, discipline, and going after the initial excitement. Um, how are you helping guys in your programs get past that first little like hump of excitement when it starts to get really real? Well, the, the main thing that we do is we have like our, our seven core habits that we do every single week or every single day that, that actually into a week. And so, you know, we have a whole community of guys in our program who are posting that, you know, their wake up times and posting their workouts for accountability. They're posting their nutrition totals at the end of the day and we're sharing wins often, right? So when guys are in, in a community of like-minded people who all have a similar mission, who want to succeed in this area of their life, who also want to see you succeed, it's difficult not to also like give in and also be, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Whatever knowledge, uh, you know, phrase you want to say, it's true though. When you're surrounded by people who are better in a certain area of your life that you also want to get better at, or who are also striving to achieve a certain mission that you also want to succeed at, right? Um, who are on a similar path, 
you're going to succeed as well. Likewise, or conversely, if you're surrounded by people who aren't on that same mindset or same wavelength, who don't have those same values, who don't really care about this certain area of your life, like maybe they don't care about their diet or their health. You know, you might have like friends and close friends and family who, who are like that. And guess what? If you, if you have like five overweight friends, you're going to be the sixth one, right? If you have five friends who drink every single time they get together, you're going to be the sixth one, right? If you have five friends who, you know, who have chronic illness, like, you know, you're going to be the sixth one when it, when it comes time for that. Right. Um, and so that's sort of like how we keep our guys on task is, you know, we have daily check-ins, uh, weekly check-ins, daily accountability and all that stuff. But ultimately, like at some point you have to take off those training wheels too, right? There's only so much like a coach can do for you or a program can do for you at some point, like you're by yourself and you have to do these things too. So one of the things that we try to make people aware of is just like your daily habits, your routines, the things that you sort of like get stuck doing like in a cycle without knowing it, right? Um, you know, because like so much of our day is like on autopilot, right? We do all these things with automaticity. And so we try to create like a level of awareness for within our within our community of like, okay, next time you find yourself doing this thing, like what was the antecedent, right? Like if you come home every day from work and the first thing you do is you have a beer, well, at some point you you were having a, you, you, you didn't just do that as as like a part of like your, daily habits for no reason. At some point, maybe you had a bad day at work and you came home from work and you were like, I need something. I need to relax. I need to cool down. I need to unwind before I could be like a good person. So you open the fridge, you have a beer, right? And so the cue is like the bad day at work. You come home, the the action or the reaction is you have a couple of beers or you have one beer and instantly you get that sort of like little rush, that little, like I'm a little buzz. And now I could talk, I'm happy, I'm jovial. And that sends that feedback loop where it's like, hey, now my wife is talking to me and I'm actually not being a jerk to her for a moment, right? Until I have beer three or four. But, you know, at least after beer one, I'm not yet. And then, you know, and and then that feedback loop is like, oh, that was positive. We came home, we had a beer and we had a better night for it. So day two, whether or not you actually are having a bad day at work or not. Maybe you come home and not having a bad day, but you walk into the house and then you go, oh, yesterday I had a beer, which made my night much more pleasant. I'm going to go grab a beer today. This time you don't need it though. So you grab the beer and you have like a similar experience. You get a little buzz. It feels good. You get that positive feedback loop. And then by day three, day four, now you're stuck in a routine that you never intended to get stuck on. You find yourself making sure that you always have a, a fridge stocked full of beer. And you've been doing this for a day, two days, three days, three months, 15 months. And now you're 18, 20 pounds heavier wondering, how the hell did I get 18, 20 pounds heavier? And why am I, why do I drink so much? Right? Because one day you got, you got, you had a bad day and you came home and you had a beer. Right. And we do this with so many things, so many snacks in our life, like driving to work. You forgot your your breakfast one day. You forgot to make coffee one day because you're running late. So you stop at Starbucks. It was convenient. You also pick up a donut. And then it was like, oh, that was so convenient. So the next day you're like, you know what? I'm not going to make coffee on purpose. I'm just going to stop at Starbucks. And because I'm getting coffee, oh, there are the donuts. Now I get a donut and a coffee, right? You get those associations. And then so that's how like we just accidentally get stuck in these loops. Driving home from work, you stop at fast food every single time. You leave, you leave, job, you, you leave your job. It's like whether or not you're hungry, you're stopping at McDonald's for for something. And so that's the thing that we encourage people to do. Like, what is happening? What are the routines that you're stuck in that you need to break out of in order to actually like hit, you know, achieve the goals that you want? And then how can you actually replace those routines with empowering routines? Man, what is the process on how guys are noticing this and then how they're replacing that? 
Um, so one, we take them through like that, what I just described is sort of like the habit and routines, like sort of like workshop where we just sort of like highlight this, the, these, this process first. And a lot of that, um, whether it's, um, uh, Tony Robbins has like a four-step framework for how habits are designed. And James Clear also has like a similar four-step process, right? Like the cue, the action, the the response, the reward or something like that. I forget exactly. Um, And so we walk them through that. And then their task is to sort of like identify what areas of their life that they're noticing that this is happening. So like, you know, like the beer example, like, okay, so now that we know that this is like a thing, like, where do you find yourself like constantly getting stuck? Is it like, you know, like you're having snacks every single day, every time you walk into, you know, every time you walk into the office, if you have like a box of trail mix in your office desk, guess what? You're going to associate sitting at your desk with eating. If you eat in your car, every time you get in your car, whether or not you're hungry, you're suddenly like, huh, I should be eating something. I should have like, I should be not, you know, munching on something, right? Because we create these associations. So once we, we identify that process for them and then we have them like reflect where in your life do you, are you seeing this stuff? Like where are you getting stuck? And then we think of like ways to create new empowering routines instead. Mm, that's amazing. Okay. Let's, um, let's try and dive in if, unless they're trade secrets, uh, into the, <laughs> like the five step process, the seven core habits that you mentioned. Yeah. And, and by the way, I just want to mention, uh, the simplicity factor, the stick and the community is why I love hiring trainers and coaches and programs. Uh, because like I have had reasonable success in being, I don't know, 80th percentile. And I don't mean to say that like arrogantly or anything like that. Like I, I've always been reasonably good at a number of things, but it was only when in all areas of my life, I joined a men's group. I got a fitness coach. I did this. I did this. I did this. Like all those communities help me actually stick to it. And then I just get pumped up being part of it. Like, of course, I'm going to share what time I woke up because I crushed it today. I woke up at 430. I did my workout. You can see that and I'm going to share it. So I just want to put that into a guy's ears as well, because like you can do a lot alone, but in my experience, no matter what it is, anywhere in your life, you can go way, way farther with a guide and a community. So, uh, anyway, yeah, but and but not even and and on top of all that, it's like for whatever reason, we know that intuitively in other areas of our life, right? Like when it comes to schooling, you know that you need professors, you know you need a mentor because there are certain you know uh, sort of like gatekeepers to, you know, to, to, to knowledge and to income levels. And so we know that, all right. And if I want to access this, I have to go through this process, but then with other things that, that don't feel where it feels like it's free or it feels like I could do this on my own. We think we don't need help, right? Like, I don't know anything about woodworking and sawing. And I'm like the worst handy person ever. I'm from New York, you know, like, I just don't know. (laughs) I suck at that stuff. Like, I know I need to hire people to do those things for me. Um, But then when when it comes to something else, like cooking, for example, it's like, I could figure it out, I could whip something together, when in fact, I probably shouldn't be anywhere near a stove, right? Like, but like, and so I think it's just acknowledging, like, like, we can get support in er all areas of our life, we just have to like, actually acknowledge that we do need support and stop thinking that we can do this on our own and just like, you know, hire somebody who can hit the fast forward button for you. So you can learn from all their mistakes, not make all their mistakes and make way more progress in way less time. Yeah. I love that, man. And and that's one of the things that I try to talk to guys about um, with our programs. It's like, you could do nothing and you could try and figure it out. And then you could take 10 years like it took me. And then you realize that your wife and kids didn't wait around for you. And then like, wow, that's some regret. 
or you could, you know, join a program, but it's like, we hire golf coaches, we hire business coaches, we, you know, join whatever it is, what, like you're saying, where the gatekeepers are, but the most important things in our life, our fitness, which is going to keep us hopefully living a long, uh, active lifestyle with our families and how yeah, to be a good dad it, itself. It's like, these are the most important things and the least amount of people actually pay for uh, either commitment or accountability or expert help in those places. Man, if I knew that I could just like hire a trainer 10 years ago, if I knew there was someone putting out like how to be a good dad and a good husband, dude, I would have been all over that because the pain that it lasted for me for like almost 10 years, uh, it's not worth it, dude. And I got very lucky that my wife and kids basically stayed around and that was very close in some situations. Um, but I don't want to get to the end of my life, look back and go, oh no, if I had just done something 10 years ago, you know, it would have been better and I don't want to lose that. So I love that you said that because it could be the difference between like a legacy that actually matters and then a legacy of regret. So thanks yeah, for going man. there. Um, and actually speaking of, of, of legacy, um, and what you just described of, of the 10 years of your experience, like, and I've gone through your beta program and as I, as I've gone through that program on like how to uh, yell less and lead more, um, every time you mention like this new concept or this, this like little hack or this, this framework of thinking, this framework of discussing this framework of like, you know, becoming self-aware in the moment so that you don't blow up. I'm thinking like, man, what book did that come from? What book did this guy read for this? Oh, what book did this thing come from? Oh, that's a really cool like phrase. Like, what book did that come from? It's like, I don't have to have read the hundreds of books or spend the hundreds of hours that Kurt spent researching this stuff and experiencing this stuff for himself. Instead, I have the course, right? Like the one-stop shop where I could like hit the fast forward button, die, download all the information, like in the matrix, right? Like learn how to fly this helicopter, I know, like download all this information <laughs> and like, and, and, and save 10 years and ultimately save my marriage and save my, like my, my relationship with my kids. Right. So yeah, that totally resonates with me a ton too. Nice. Okay. Uh, at long last, can you share with us the five steps and the seven habits uh, or however you want to present that to us that can get guys dialed in? Yeah. So it's super, super simple. I think in like a big picture, sort of like if we think about this like as a macro view, we have a five-step roadmap, right? And this five-step roadmap is really simple. And the, we, the way we've distilled these five steps is through trial and error, right? So we've had hundreds of guys come through our program. And when I first opened the doors to, to coaching online, you know, I, I knew what workouts they should be doing. I knew how people should eat, right? I knew how they should like form their habits, but there wasn't sort of like a framework. I was just taking people through this process. And after taking like hundreds of people through this process, I realized like there are like five simple things that we need to focus on because there's so much noise out there, right? And and even as a coach, I was getting distracted like, oh, should I include carb cycling? Oh, should I include, you know, I, you know, progressive over what should I what's the next thing that I should be focused on? I was like, no. If they just do these five things, they're going to see long-term results, right? So one is just dialing in your nutrition with by eating a balance of proteins, fats, and carbs with every meal, right? In the right portions, of course. And, you know, we'd walk you through what that is. And what I would say is for like a super simple starter guide, like if you don't want to start tracking your calories, if you don't want to start tracking macros, it's eat five ounces of protein, five ounces of carbs, and one to two ounces of fat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
What you do with that is up to you. If you want to have tilapia for your protein or if you want to have steak or if you want to have tofu, it doesn't really matter. You could be a vegetarian and still see amazing results. For your carbs, you want to have rice, you want to have potatoes, I don't care what you want to have. Do you want to have bread? Sure, just keep it to five ounces. For your fats, you want to have nuts, olive oil, peanut butter, avocado, it doesn't matter. Just stick within those guidelines, five ounces of protein, five ounces of carbs, one to two ounces of fat, and have as many veggies as you want. Nobody has ever gotten fat eating vegetables, right? Spinach, all that stuff. Like just eat them. Unless unless they're like doused in, in like butter and frosting, like they're not bad for you. So just eat as many as you can. Um, and if you just did that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with some smaller portion snacks in between, you would never have to go on a diet again. You would hit your ideal body weight. You're probably not going to get to the point where you're like in the single digit body fat, right? But if you have 20, 30, 40 pounds to lose and you just stuck to that, what I just described, five ounces of protein, five ounces of carbs, one to two ounces of fat, you would steadily lose weight until you hit your ideal body weight. And then you would be able to maintain that for years to come without ever going on a diet. And if you ever have an off-plan meal like pizza, burgers, all that stuff, it's like, okay, who cares? My best days come after my worst days. My best meals come after my worst meals. My best interactions with my wife come after my worst interactions with my wife. Meaning you have to intentionally have like the best meal possible the next time. So if you mess up, you know, like Fridays, for example, it's like, oh, it's Friday. Well, there goes the whole weekend. It's like, no, no, no. There goes Friday night, Saturday morning. Just get back on the horse, man. The whole weekend's not over. So anyway, that's step number one. Step number two is to work out at least three times a week. And we're talking long term, right? I'm talking about like, I don't care if you get abs in the next 12 weeks. What I cared is if I called you in three years from now, you'd still be like, dude, I'm feeling great. I'm still working out three times a week. My nutrition's pretty good, right? Like I feel great. I have more energy. I'm sleeping better. I'm running around with my kids. That's ultimately what I want, right? Um, so it's not, for me, it's not about the abs in 12 weeks. It's about like the results in three, four years that you're still doing it. So that's why I say step number two is work out at least three times a week. Obviously more is a little bit better, right? Five days would be great. But if you're working out three times a week, that'd be great. Now it's not just doing bicep curls three times a week, right? You want to do minimal equipment, full body workouts at high intensity, ideally, right? So think, you know, a short 20 minute workout of, of air squats, push-ups, and burpees. That's a great full body workout. You're going to see amazing results. Or like I said earlier, just push-ups and squats for 10 minutes. That's a full body workout. It's, it's intense. You're going to keep your metabolism in overdrive or even just sprints. You go outside, go to the, you know, go to the street and do 10 minutes of sprints, 30 seconds on, 60 seconds off, 30 seconds on, 60 seconds off. And that's a workout. You don't have to go spend 60 to 90 minutes at the gym. You can, but again, that's more of an advanced strategy. If you're like, how do you get this muscle right here? Right? It's like that one little muscle right there. That's how you go sculpt it for 90 minutes. But if you're just trying to get fit and healthy, 20 minutes is plenty. Step number three is then working all on your mindsets, right? It's it's about like identifying those limiting habits, those habits that we talked about a little bit earlier, and then creating new empowering habits. So where are you getting stuck? How can you replace that with something that's going to actually set you up for success, okay? Um, and then when you put it all together, that leads us to step four, where you become a fat-burning furnace. So you could literally stabilize your blood sugar. You could burn fat as fuel, and you could burn more calories in a third of the time when you eat a balance of proteins, fats, and carbs in the right portions with regular intervals and when you do high-intensity interval training workouts. Because when you eat a balance of proteins, fats, and carbs, it stabilizes your blood sugar. You never 
your blood sugar never spikes because of you're having too many carbs and your blood sugar never crashes because you're starving yourself. You stay in like a nice homeostasis there. And then when you do high intensity workouts like sprints and burpees and all that stuff, for whatever reason, it keeps your metabolism in overdrive for like 24 to 36 hours compared to like a 30 minute steady state run. And then step five is when we put it all together, we create a legacy of health and fitness. You become a role model of health and fitness for your family, for your wife, for your kids. You inspire your friends, your family, and others to also do the same. And so one of the things that I always ask guys is like, are you thinking about your health the way you're thinking about your wealth? And what I mean by that is like, a lot of us are like, all right, I got to grind. I got to make this money. I got to like, you know, I have a successful business. I have a successful career. And I ultimately want to create an amazing like life for my children a house, leave them money. I want to pay for their college. I want them to never have any desires that I had growing up, right? And I think that's awesome and keep doing that. But are you thinking about the legacy of health that you're also going to leave for your kids? So if you're having two liters of Coke on your dinner table and you eat nothing but mac and cheese every single day from the box and you know you guys snack on you know M&Ms every single day and, and chips and all that stuff, that too you're passing down to your family, right? And it is obesity and chronic disease and diabetes and stuff like that, like are, is all that stuff genetics and hereditary? Like sure, to an extent it is, but more often than not, it's lifestyle that gets passed on from generation to generation. And so when we say like you can create a legacy of health and fitness, we literally mean that when you prioritize your health and your fitness, your family will live a healthier and happier life too. And they, like, you could have a kid who goes to college and gains a freshman 15 also, or you could have a kid who goes to college and is the weird kid who goes running on the weekends. And when their friends are like, why are you going running? It's like, I don't know. My dad and I used to just go running. It's relaxing. It's fun. I enjoy it. And I like to, I like to do it. And I'm not even on the track team. Right. So Mm, man, that is the legacy you want to leave. You want to leave something that your kids see you doing and model (laughs) the behavior because that's where they learn it. And exactly right, man. Like, uh, whether it's fitness, whether it's food, whether it's, um, like, well, yelling, communicating, um, loving, yes. all that kind of stuff. Like all of it is the legacy that you leave by simply being there with your kids, living the life you live. So this is part of becoming that elite man that we talk about so that your kids can have yeah, a good man. role model to follow. Um, do you want to get into these, the seven habits? Like these are some of the things you were talking about, presumably like waking up on time, getting your workout in track or, you know, posting that you're doing the meals. Like what, what is the, what does that entail that guys can just like plug and play? Cause I'm really big on habits. Um, as you guys might know, um, I've got like, I put out a free habit thing that I've done to, to really dial yeah. myself in. Um, so yeah, what, what kind of things can guys get that are again, simple, but doable. And I love your habit stack as well. And I still do the daily too, all the time, oh, like nice. wake up, practice gratitude. And then I do your guided meditation and ser- like your voice is literally in my head every single morning. <laughs> and in particular, it, the, when it's like, your kids are not doing this to give you a hard time. They are having a hard time, right? And it's like up to you to help them like navigate that, to help them feel safe. And like those words, like they're not doing this to give you a hard time. They are having a hard time. Every time I hear that, I'm like, all right, that's like the one line that I needed to hear every single morning. And I listened to that. Even though it's 10 minutes long, it's like, I just listened for that one line. Um, nice. But- but that in terms of habits, um, 
yeah, I mean, there's so many habits that we could, you know, again, so many habits, right? Like this thing and that thing. And what we did is like just distill from all the noise, drown out all the noise. And if you just focus on these things, you're going to see results. So one is wake up earlier and just get your alone time, right? Because as a dad, as a busy dad, if you keep telling yourself you're going to get it done throughout the day, the day is going to run away, right? You either run the day or the day runs you. And you know, especially on the weekends, like you wake up, you, your kids have practice or they have a thing that they're going to or birthday parties and all that stuff. And then what's going to happen? You and your wife are going to get into a fight because you didn't get to go on your run, right? Or you didn't get to go work out or something like that. And if it's like, oh, I had to really work out. And then, I, you know, I, I can't tell you how many guys who've told me like they've gotten into fights with their wife because like they wanted to work out and then, you know, they just couldn't. So wake up earlier because nobody's awake. Your kids are still asleep. Your wife is still asleep. Have coffee by yourself in the quiet. Do a short 15, 20 minute workout. Meditate, you know, practice gratitude. Whatever you want your morning routine to look like, you know, we can talk about that as well. But like just wake up earlier. And I don't care if you just wake up earlier and have some coffee and do some push ups. Like that's way better than letting yourself sleep in. Um, and then the the second one is that I always recommend is like, just get in your workout first thing in the morning or move first thing in the morning. If you have like a, a gym workout that you want to do later in the day, fine. But in the morning, you should still do some kind of movement, whether it's push-ups, squats, going for a light little jog, some yoga, even like whatever it is, just get your body moving before the family wakes up. Again, you want to be ready to re- receive your family, right? Versus like, you know, like the, they come rushing and you're like, oh my God, I, I'm not even awake yet. What's up, right? Whereas like by the time I open my kid's bedroom door, like I've been awake for like two hours and I've done so much. I've gotten work done. I've worked out. I've, I've, I've made breakfast and all that stuff. So by the time like they're waking up, I'm like ready to receive them and I don't have anything else in my mind that's like weighing me down. So number one is wake up early. Number two is move, work out. Um, number three is you want to track your nutrition. As annoying as that might sound, you want to keep some kind of track, some kind of budgeting of your nutrition, whether it's on paper, which I don't recommend, or my fitness pal, and whether it's a specific calorie goal or not, or macronutrient goal or not is less important, but you want to just track it because you pay attention to what you track, right? Period. The end. Same thing with like metrics, same thing with like your budgeting. If you don't know where your money is going, you don't know how do we make those adjustments? Um, number four, and this gets more specific to my actual community, is to attend at least one coaching call a week. So we host multiple coaching calls throughout the week. Um, we host around like four or five different office hours throughout the week. And but we just say like, guys, you know, you don't have to come to all of them, but if you're at least coming to one a week, you're going to see results. Now, if you're not in a program, then what I would recommend is that you have some kind of accountability buddy or something that you're at least checking in with once a week, which also brings me to step number five, uh, which is completes a weekly check-in, right? So the guys who have had the most success in our program, they're the ones who are leaning in, being vulnerable, being candid in there, and they check in every single week. It's so easy for dudes like us, you know, who are high performers, who are successful in other areas of your life, that when you have like a little bit of a failure, you want to like hide away, right? And so you avoid the check-in, you avoid checking in with your coach, or you avoid submitting the thing because you don't want them to see that your macros are actually all messed up or that you ate M&Ms. And so it's like difficult to sort of like face that shame and realize that like nobody's going to shame you. Nobody's going to yell at you, right? Like they're going to give you feedback and support to keep you on track, right? Um, so lean into those check-ins, be candid. And what's crazy to me is like, we actually have some guys who come, who come through our program and like their check-ins will be like one word answers. Like it's like, you know, how would you rate your week? And it's like good or great. It's like, dude, 
like let's let's pause for a second like you need support you reached out for accountability coaching like great is not an acceptable response like let's go you know the more you give the better you get meaning like the more information you give the more candid you are the more you honest you are like the better feedback support guidance coaching you're going to receive right so don't hide anything because it's not going to do anybody any favors um and then the the last two is i would some some people might say this is not a like a good thing but we recommend that you weigh yourself daily at first and this is good again whether or not you're in a program or not just start weighing yourself daily because again it's just another metric that you can measure imagine stepping on the scale and you're five pounds heavier than you were the day before well it's going to cause you to reflect on what you did the day before right like if you step on the scale and you're five pounds heavier it's like holy crap what did i do yesterday well it's like well i did eat seven pounds of baskin robbins last night so maybe that's what happened right and so, but at least you now know what caused that, and at least you now know what the effect of that was. And or conversely, let's say you step on the scale and you're down a pound or two, and it's like, hooray, I'm down a pound or two. But what did I do yesterday that actually led to that? Well, I did drink all my water, I did track my nutrition, I did go for that run. It makes sense that I'm down a pound. And now imagine what your body would look like if you did that every day. Or conversely, if you had that ice cream at night and you did gain all that weight the next day, like, well, imagine what your body looks like in a month or two from then if you did that every single day, right? So we do encourage guys to, not we encourage, we we, we say you have to weigh yourself every single day, at, especially when you're first starting out. After you've been doing it for a long time, you can do it, you know, bring it down every couple of days or something like that, but weigh yourself every day to start, whether or not you're in a program. And then the last thing is to take progress photos. You want to take pictures of yourself every single week. Um, again, whether or not you're in a program, because I can't tell you, Kurt, how many times like I've been like yo-yoing my whole life, right? I've when I was 240, I think I have like a few pictures from that era, but we've like burned those pictures, even though they were digital. I still found a way to burn them. You know, like I was like, I, I'm not looking at these pictures ever again in my life. And now I regret that I don't have those pictures because one, they would make for an awesome before and afters, but two, because like I just, I, I want that memory of like, this is what happens when you let the guardrails, when you don't have guardrails, right? And when you take progress photos, you see yourself naked every single day in the shower. When you come out of the shower, you look in the mirror. And so when you could, you could lose five, 10 pounds and it doesn't look like it to yourself, right? Maybe your clothes fit a little differently or, or, you know, you feel, you know, the, the scale says you're 10 pounds lighter, but you look in the mirror and you're like, I don't, I don't really see it. I don't really see it. But when you could see a side by side from like 10 weeks ago and you're like, my God, look at my face, look at my neck, look at my love handles. Wow, I am making progress. It's going to be really encouraging and it's going to allow you to like keep building on that momentum versus like, you know, I, again, like I've lost 20, 30, 40 pounds before and I don't have the before and afters. So I was never satisfied with where I was. I always looked at myself I'm like, ah, oh, I don't look good enough. I need to dial it in. I don't look good enough. I need to get even better. I don't look good enough. I need to start myself even more. Right. And then but it's like, but if I just had that picture shirtless from when I was two thirty or two forty, I may be like, "This is freaking Brad Pitt compared to that dude." So, you know? oh man, that's so important. I do the same thing too. Like, I um, I'll just look down and it's like, "Oh man, I got so far to go." And then you look at the original pictures side by side, and it's like, "Oh man, this is amazing." And like, I will take pictures still, and um, and like even post them on Instagram for like my own benefit. It's like I cannot yeah. believe that I'm here now, and I don't want to get into that habit of going like, "Oh, it's never enough. It's never enough. It's never enough," because uh, that's all too easy for a lot of men and a lot of business owners, especially looking for that uh, the gap 
instead of the gain. So I want to be able to right. be grateful for where I've come from and see the success rather than only focusing on, oh, I'm not exactly where I want to be yet. And that just keeps me like more grateful. It keeps me more grounded, keeps me more present. Uh, so I love that, man. Thank you for sharing all that. Cause I know that's like, if you just, again, same as the habit stack I've got, if you just do these things every single day, you can't fail. And it's like, right. oh, why haven't I been doing this before? Like if there's a block there, whatever, deal with the block, do the work, do some journaling, hire a coach, whatever. But if you just do what we talked about, destroy the dad bod, man. And one thing I want to mention as well, I've seen that you posted, if you guys want workouts, like you post workouts on your Instagram all the time, right? Yeah. Like I see them. And I'm like, oh, dude, this looks like a sweet, quick workout with like very minimal stuff. Um, so yeah, if you if you don't know how to work out, like just go follow Kevin uh, as well. Yeah, there are literally like a thousand workouts there from like the last three years or something that I've been posting. Insane. Remember I told you, I, I started this Instagram yeah. account with no intention of anything. So I was just posting workouts because I knew other guys needed to see it. And then eventually during the pandemic, you know, I was, a, you know, I was still a middle school vice principal, but we were working remotely and people started reaching out. Like, do you, do you offer any coaching? Can you coach me? Can you coach me? And at first I was like, no, nah, not really. Um, I was, even though I was in person, personal trainer and like a boot camp instructor, I was still kind of like, no, nah, not really. And then finally enough people asked me where I was like, yeah, you know what? I can help you. And so, but again, like that bad wad was never, intended to sort of like, oh, I'm going to make this like empire and this business from it. Or what am I, I was like, what am I going to sell stickers, sell t-shirts? You know, I was like, what am I going to do with this account? Um, so yeah, there, all those workouts are literally there for free for the taking like over a thousand workouts, man. That's amazing. Okay. So I want to be respectful of time. I think we got like four minutes left. Um, but I think maybe the last thing we can get into is actually maybe, maybe you can help me here. Um, I want to get into planning and intentionality because I know it takes a yeah. lot of that to do these sorts of things. Um, and I'm sure it's impacted the rest of your life. Um, but also there's this idea of like goals and vision because I have found it's way easier to stick with this kind of stuff when I know it's to be a better dad. I want to serve my kids mm -hmm. and my wife by showing up better in fitness and mindset and all the rest of that kind of stuff. So, uh, do either of those planning intentionality versus goals and vision, does that lock in anything? Does anything come up for you that we can just finish on? I mean, with goals, I think the big thing is, are you clear on what you want to achieve and why you want to achieve it, right? So again, like I talk to hundreds of guys and oftentimes it always starts out really surface level or really like shallow. And again, there's nothing wrong with having superficial goals. So I want to be very clear. Like if you want abs, that's awesome, right? But it's always like, hey, what are your goals? And then people are like, oh, I want to get into great shape or I want to get fit or I want to get healthier. And it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? right? Like, does that mean losing 20 pounds, 30 pounds? Does that mean like getting off of certain meds? Does that mean like your biomarkers look a certain way? Like, what does that mean to you? And so the first thing is get really, and again, if, if you know, business owners who are listening to this, indie entrepreneurs, guys who are successful in their career, like you are applying this principle in other areas of your life. You don't go to work and you're like, all right, What's our quarter two targets? Like, I don't know, to make more money, right? You have specific goals, like yeah. certain metrics that you're looking for. Like we're going to make this much money or we're going to add this many people to our email list or we're going to do this many partnerships. So you have specific goals. And then yet with this area of your life, you're not applying those same principles that have helped you be successful in other areas of your life. So what I'm saying isn't groundbreaking. I'm just telling you to apply those things to this thing and it's going to work. So again, get really specific on what you want to achieve. Like I, by Christmas, I will be down 20 pounds. Right. And rather than just like wanting this thing to happen, like write it down as if it's an affirmation, as if you have achieved it. Right. Like, like by, you know, today is, you know, we're in November right now. So it's like by November, 2023, comma, I am dot, dot, dot. And then write down what's true about 
you in a year from now. I'm a world-class coach and father. I'm a, you know, I'm a role model of health and fitness for my family. I'm a lean 180 pound guy. I can run five miles without stopping. I have visible abs. I can maintain it. My abs year long, you know, year, year long abs, year round abs, whatever those goals are for yourself. And again, superficial goals are not, there's nothing wrong with them, but just write down, what are your goals? But then why are these goals important to you? Like why must you achieve these goals? And what I want you to do here is you might have done this exercise in other areas of your life, but you want to ask yourself why at least five to seven times. So why do you want abs? Well, because I want to be fit and healthy. It's like, okay, well, why is being fit and healthy important to you? Well, it's important to me because I want to live longer. Okay, well, why is living longer important to you? Well, one, because I have kids and I want to be able to like walk my kids down the aisle and be there for them well into their adulthood. Okay, well, why is that important to you? Well, because my dad died, you know, when I was 10 and I grew up without a dad. Oh, okay. Well, why is that important to you? Well, because by not having that like father figure in my life, like there were certain things in my life that I had to figure out on my own or figure out while watching other guys and, or TV. And I really just didn't have like a great example. And so like, as such, like by the time I got into college, I was kind of like lost and all that stuff. It's like, okay, well, why is that important to you? Well, because then that limited my potential. I settled for jobs that I shouldn't have. I settled for women that I shouldn't have. And my relationships with women were shit because I didn't have a good example of, of what a man could be. And, and so why is that important to you? Well, because then I had to, I don't want that for my kids. So it's like, oh, that's your goal, right? So yeah, you want to have abs. Why? So that your kids don't have to experience what it's like to not grow up with the father so that they don't have to know what it's like to you know feel insecure about being themselves, about getting into crappy relationships, about not having somebody that they can ask for work advice from right? Like all those reasons, like that's going to take your goal from like, I should, like I should lose weight. I should eat healthier. I should work out more to a must. Like I must achieve this because what's at stake is like my kids growing up and like navigating this world without me. And that's really scary. Bro. Ooh, that I'm like, I've got goosebumps because of that, that taking it from like, I want abs to, I don't want my kids to feel like the failure and the insecure little boy that I was insane. And I also recommend this to guys too. ask what and then why over and over and over again until you like get to a place where you might cry. <laughs> and that's been really successful yeah. for me. Right. And like, that's so interesting <laughs> that this, that what you just said is, is fairly true for me. I mean, I was like 24 or five or whatever when my dad died, but he was 50 and he just died of a massive heart attack because he was not doing any of this. I don't want that yeah. to happen to my kids. I don't want that to happen Sorry, to my man. wife. Yeah. I don't want to happen like to anything. And so it's like, of course I'm going to be dialed in. Of course I want to like look good, feel good, whatever. But long term, it's because I want to be here and I can't imagine my kids growing up without having me until I'm really old. Like I want to be ancient by the time they're like, oh, I can't ask my dad for anything anymore. Because man, the amount of times over the last eight years I've gone like, if I could just ask my dad this, oh, that'd be so sweet. But I've had to, yeah, you know, man. thankfully the, all, all the mentors and stuff in my life have really stepped up, my grandfather, all the rest of it. But anyway, that's story for another day. Uh, dude, this has been awesome. This has really truly been like the how to crush the dad bot episode. And I love it uh, <laughs> because as you guys know, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm pretty sure that that post that I made about real men being able to bench press their wives and outrun their kids is what got me shadow banned. So if you haven't seen my stuff on Instagram, that's why. And I was talking about dad bods and not to condemn, but to offer yeah. hope that it's so important for the reason that you just said, which is not about the apps. It's about everything that comes after that. It's about the discipline, the mm -hmm. love, the service, the commitment, the sacrifice that you now get to give to your family. 
And I just wanted to say, you know, you should do that instead of just eating whatever you want because you want the taste on your lips because, oh, I just can't help myself. It's like, dude, there are bigger fish to fry. So anyway, love this. Thank you so much, Kevin. Where can people find you, your program, anything else you want to say? Yeah. Um, obviously on Instagram, dadbod underscore wad, W-O-D, just means workout of the day. So dadbod wad um, on Instagram. And then if you want a free webinar that I put together on how to never go on a diet, where I literally will walk you through step-by-step step how you can plan your whole day and, and like sample meal plans and everything, just go to forgingelitefathers.com forward slash diet. And there you're going to find this awesome webinar on how to never go on a diet again. And seriously, if you just implemented everything from that workshop, like you would hit your ideal body weight and then be able to maintain that ideal body weight for years to come. Man, beautiful. Okay. I will put all of those in the show notes, dad.work slash podcast. As you guys know, dude, thank you so much. This has been amazing and I cannot wait to continue to build relationship with you and I love what you're doing, man. So thank you for being here. Kurt, thank you so much, man. I'm truly inspired. And to your listeners, thank you so much for, for letting me, you know, jabber on this this entire hour as well but seriously kurt like i love what you're doing and it's really inspired like it's so inspiring and it's so it's inspired me to just like step into this even more for like myself and my family and um and be more vulnerable in this area of my life too because it's something like like i told you in my podcast like you were saying the quiet things aloud right you were saying the right. things that i were that i was already thinking about that i just couldn't say aloud and i was like this guy is saying the things that i'm feeling and thinking <laughs> and it's like like how brave of that you know how brave of him to be able to just say this and so I, I really admire you for that man oh thank you so much i'm glad that you're the type of guy who actually implements that because i've seen it man so thank you so much for that very inspiring and uh we'll catch up soon thank you for listening to the dad work podcast that's it for this episode but if you would like to stay in touch between weekly episodes why don't you go over to Instagram and follow me there because I drop a number of things throughout the week that are related to what we talk about on this podcast, but usually go a little bit deeper, provide some tips. You can find me on Instagram at dadwork.curt. That's D-A-D-W-O-R-K dot C-U-R-T. And please, if you have been getting something out of this podcast, if it has touched you, if it has improved your marriage, your parenting, your life, would you please leave a quick review on Apple or Spotify? leave a rating. If you have a few extra seconds, leave a quick review. That's the best way that we can get this work in the hands of more fathers. And I truly believe that we change the world one father at a time because each father that parents better, that loves better, raises children who do the same. And in just a couple of generations, I feel like we could be living in a world much better than the one we live in today. Your review will help along that path. And I thank you so much for being here to listen. Until next week, we'll see you then.